Welcome to Radiant On Air. I'm Rachel Stein, Director of Training Initiatives. Today we have two special guest speakers who I'm excited to introduce. First, we have Lindsay Johnson, President of the United States Mortgage Insurers. USMI is the nation's leading private mortgage insurance association, comprised of five of the six U.S. mortgage insurance companies in the country. Lindsay works with member companies to advance the value of private mortgage insurance to borrowers and taxpayers and to promote a sustainable housing finance system backed by private capital. And we also have Derek Brummer, Radiance President of Mortgage. Derek is responsible for overseeing Radiance mortgage insurance and mortgage risk services businesses, including developing strategies for continued growth as the mortgage industry evolves. Derek also currently serves as the chairman of USMI's board. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having us, Rachel. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Rachel. I appreciate the chance to have this conversation with you and with Derek. All right, great, let's jump right in. June is designated as National Homeownership Month, during which we celebrate the American dream of homeownership and commit to helping more Americans realize that dream. Lindsay, can you talk a little bit about the importance of homeownership? What are the benefits of owning a home? Well, the most important thing is that individuals have a good and safe home, whether you rent or buy, and renting can be a better option for some people during different times in their lives. But the benefits of sustainable homeownership are many. And you know, though a number of those different reasons have to do with more economic reasons, such as longer term wealth building or, or different tax advantages of owning a home, there's academic research that points to undeniable fact that owning a home can quite literally enhance individuals' quality of life in a variety of ways. And data suggests that homeownership increases educational performance of kids whose families own their home versus children of families who rent. There's also data and surveys that support the fact that homeownership provides better security and safety for families. And the stability that homeownership provides has proven effects on better health and emotional outcomes for individuals. And importantly, as I mentioned before, sustainable homeownership helps build longer term wealth for so many families and is often family's number one asset. Great. Thank you for pointing that out. Derek, let's talk about the broader landscape of homeownership in the U.S. What does racial inequality in home ownership look like today? Unfortunately, it looks very similar to the way it looked many years ago. So it's been about a half a century since the passage of the Fair Housing Act. Yet homeownership rates in the U.S. for minority groups are significantly lower than rates we see for white families. So for instance, black homeownership levels are about 30% lower than for white families. And it's at rates um, that we saw about a half a century ago. Um, Hispanic homeowners, uh, their rates are about 25% lower. And Asian homeownership rates are about 14% lower um, than for white families. And the reasons for this are really multifaceted. In part, it's caused by a long history of discrimination in governmental policies and industry practices. Also disparities in education and income opportunities. And unfortunately, it's a persistent and self-perpetuating cycle. Um, Lower levels of ownership actually prevent building generational wealth as home ownership is the primary means by which Americans accumulate wealth. And this is particularly the case for minority households. 
And the barriers to minority home ownership have only gotten worse during the COVID-19 pandemic, given its disproportionate impact on minorities and the significant increase in home prices that we've seen. And we've especially seen large increases for entry-level homes. And so overall, what we've seen is affordability worsening much more for lower income households relative to higher income households. So that's why it's really as important as ever that the mortgage industry continue to work to ensure that as many people as possible, one, have access to affordable and sustainable home ownership and help them stay in their homes during challenging times like we've been through. So certainly one of the very positive industry developments I think we saw come out of the 2008 financial crisis was just a greater recognition of just how devastating foreclosure can be for families. And we saw a disproportionate impact. We saw black and Hispanic borrowers face foreclosure rates that were about 75% higher during the financial crisis than what white households found. So I think coming out of that, I think we've seen a deeper commitment by the industry to support programs and solutions that keep people in their homes. And we've seen that commitment really play out during the COVID crisis as we've seen that with various foreclosure moratoriums and forbearance programs, including very borrower-friendly exit options. I think we've also seen on the servicing side, servicers take a much more proactive approach to help distressed homeowners get through financial difficulties and finding ways to keep them in their homes. So that's certainly been a positive. Thank you, Derek. I'm glad to hear the industry has taken some positive steps to help people keep their homes during times of hardship, but it sounds like there's still a lot of progress needed to make home ownership more accessible. So with the rapid increase of home prices in the last decade, it seems like the dream of home ownership is becoming harder to achieve for everyone. Lindsay, what challenges are first-time home buyers facing in the housing market? Well, you mentioned home price appreciation. I mean, this was actually nearly 13% according to the latest Federal Housing Finance Agency report that was released just a couple of months ago. And that's just astounding because it's building on years of appreciation. And this home price appreciation is a direct result of the shortage of housing supply. And everybody's talking about this issue right now. The Wall Street Journal just uh, reported that the housing market needs about five and a half million more homes. Redfin calculates the number of homes for sale has actually decreased by about 50% since a year prior, which was already at a significant low. So, you know, for a number of, of years, We've seen surveys that have noted saving for a down payment as a primary hurdle cited by potential home buyers. I do want to come back to that issue because down payments remain a significant hurdle, but I want to share something that uh, a national survey that USMI just released found, which is that limited affordable housing was the number one barrier to homeownership, according to respondents. In fact, nearly 70% of respondents said that lack of affordable housing and nearly 60% of respondents said that low housing supply generally, so whether it was affordable or expensive housing, ranked among the top home buying challenge in this survey of over a thousand respondents. So when we think about the challenges of down payments, for example, first, we really have to address this issue of housing supply because whether a borrower can save for 5%, 10%, 20%, if there are no homes and no affordable homes, it doesn't matter. But then we also can see, and it's really easy to understand, because of the lack of housing supply and the dramatic increase in prices, why it continues to be harder and harder for people to save 20% for a down payment. And so down payments, you know, they are 
They are important, they do matter, but they continue to be a major barrier for many individuals who try to break into the homeownership market. USMI releases an annual report called MI in Your State. We actually just released a 2020 report last month, and it demonstrates that it could take 21 years on average for a household who earns a national median income of just over $68,000 to save for a 20% down payment plus closing costs for a house that's the national median sales price, which is around $300,000. So this just conveys how difficult and how big of a barrier this could be for so many different individuals trying to enter into this market. Another real challenge is that the mortgage process and individuals understanding of what it takes to be mortgage ready. Surveys pretty consistently find that many prospective home buyers think you need a full 20% down to purchase a home and that borrowers don't necessarily understand the different mortgage options where they may actually qualify for a home with as little as 3% down with a loan that's backed by private mortgage insurance, for example. And what that can mean for borrowers as they are able to get into a home sooner, they can take advantage of lower interest rates, begin building equity, and even benefit from keeping some of their savings in their bank versus putting all of that into a down payment is really a challenge that we've all got to have to really rally around and try to bridge that education gap. All interesting points. Thank you, Lindsay, for sharing that. The COVID-19 pandemic has certainly exacerbated the shortage of affordable housing. Derek, I know there's a lot of academic research on the causes of home ownership disparities, but when it comes to solving the issues, there are differing approaches. Where do you suggest we should focus those efforts? I think we certainly need to focus on ensuring that um, we have affordable housing and sustainable housing. So making sure homeowners are in homes that they can afford and when they run into financial difficulties, there's a support mechanism there for them. And because minority communities are often exposed to the effects of volatility in the economy, I think they're particularly exposed to that. We saw that in 2008. We've certainly seen that in the COVID pandemic um, crisis, having that disproportionate impact. I think it's especially important that we remain focused on those as kind of key components from the outset. And I think in terms of areas of particular focus, I think Lindsay touched upon, you know, certainly a couple of these. One is the limited supply of homes for sale and also the lack of generational wealth among minority communities. That makes it very difficult uh, to come up with a down payment. As Lindsay mentioned, affording a down payment is one of the primary hurdles um, cited by home buyers or prospective home buyers in terms of you know, making that transition into home ownership. So looking at the supply side, this has been a significant issues for a number of years. So we've certainly had very strong kind of demographic tailwinds on the demand side, leading to kind of record demand and just a persistent undersupply. So record low inventory levels and vacancy rates, certainly putting pressure on home prices. We saw that in our radiant home price index. Looking at 2020, we saw uh, approximately an 8% increase in home prices. And now that's become even more significant in terms of the increases. A variety of indices show double digit year over year increase in home prices and wage growth just isn't keeping up with that. Um, so that's made it particularly difficult for prospective first time uh, minority home buyers to make that transition into home ownership. And that's been especially acute on the lower price points. Um, so if you look at the lowest price quartile of homes, that's where you've seen the most significant inventory shortages 
you're not seeing a significant enough building to deal with that. So as a result, you've seen home price growth really pick up there relative to the other quartiles. So the path to expanding minority home ownership really rests, I think, in large part on addressing the supply issue. And if you don't address that, other approaches such as trying to expand access to credit through things like alternative credit scoring are not going to move the needle in and of themselves. And they could make things worse by actually simply pushing up demand and home prices and could result in really a decrease in affordability. And I would say the other thing is, even if we deal with the supply issue, the other issue, which Lindsay talked a lot about, is just having enough money to put down a down payment. Um, now, certainly people don't need a 20% down payment, but there's some down payment requirement, and that can be a significant hurdle. And given the fact that minority households have significantly less generational wealth, they have less ability to draw on family support in order to come up with that down payment. So that oftentimes just delays the age in which they can move into home ownership, which delays the period of time that they can actually start building wealth through home ownership. The other thing that lower levels of generational wealth do is to the extent, which inevitably certain home buyers are going to run into issues through no fault of their own economic dislocation or other emergencies, they have less of a cushion to actually help themselves through that. So it results in less resilient home ownership, which certainly makes it imperative on the industry that you know we have programs and processes in place to help homeowners in that situation. Thank you for that insight, Derek. Lindsay, according to the USMI annual report that was released earlier this month, home loans backed by private mortgage insurance increased 53% in 2020, allowing more borrowers to access home ownership three times sooner. Can you tell us more about the findings of that report and the role of private mortgage insurance in making home ownership accessible? Absolutely. I mean, 2020 was definitely an interesting and important year for the housing market, and the private mortgage insurance industry played a pivotal role. First, because through the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of borrowers were impacted by COVID because their jobs were closed down for a period or they were otherwise affected and unable to pay their mortgage. So our industry, as Derek mentioned a little bit ago, worked with policymakers and Fannie and Freddie and with lenders to help these borrowers remain in their homes which was a critical step for the mortgage industry to take to support borrowers and the economy. The other side of the 2020 story was that it was a record year for the industry in many ways, most notably because of the record low interest rates and strong demographics. So many borrowers purchased or refinanced their homes and low down payment lending has become more important than ever to support these borrowers. The private mortgage insurance industry helped more than 2 million borrowers through 2020, which as you mentioned, was a 53% increase over 2019, which was also a really strong year. And importantly, low down payment lending is one of the most important ways that low to moderate income people, and particularly minority borrowers, can access, uh, can have access to sustainable home ownership. It's why you know nearly 85% of first time home buyers last year used a low down payment loan to attain home ownership. So based on that, Lindsay, it sounds like mortgage insurance is a key part of the solution to help make home ownership more accessible. However, there are still other barriers that need to be addressed. Derek, if we focus on tight housing supply and affordability as the targets for improvement, what can we as an industry do to solve these issues? 
Unfortunately, I don't think there are any easy or quick fixes to either one of these problems, but um, starting with housing supply, the most significant impediments to building more affordable housing really includes the availability and cost of land and also just high construction costs, including labor and materials. So I think it takes really a multifaceted approach to deal with that issue. So things like reforming zoning restrictions, dealing with costly permitting fees and minimum lot sizes. Really, we need to find ways to expand the land that's available for development and reduce uh, permitting timelines and costs and find ways to really bend the um, labor cost curve. So I think there are also things we can do to expand and innovate and diversify how we construct housing. For instance, we need to allow for more manufactured housing and innovative construction approaches like 3D printing technology and things like panelized and uh, container construction. I also think there's an opportunity to provide incentives to rehabilitate and remodel abandoned and distressed properties through things like tax credits, grant programs, and reduced regulatory red tape. So I think we've certainly seen more attention on some of these. I think we're seeing legislative proposals, the Biden administration proposing a variety of things to help that. So I think that's certainly encouraging on the supply side, but it's going to take, I think, a significant effort to deal with that. When it comes to reduced levels of generational wealth and making home ownership more affordable, I also think there are a variety of efforts that the industry really needs to support. Um, certainly one of them, you know, Lindsay touched upon is educating home buyers that low down payment options exist. Um, there was a 2019 survey by Ellie May that found nearly one third of prospective home buyers actually believe they needed a down payment of 20% or more. There's clearly a variety of options. Um, Lindsay touched upon private mortgage insurance as an option. So really need to get the word out so people understand that. Also, I think there's opportunities to provide um, support for down payment assistance programs and also finding ways to help renters. There, for many renters, it would be advantageous and they can afford to be in home ownership and it would be to their benefit. So finding ways to really help them make that transition into home ownership and take advantage of a lot of options out there to own things like HUD Section 8 home ownership program that supports home ownership versus renting is a good opportunity. The other thing, especially dealing on lower price points, is making sure we have a regulatory framework that makes it easier and more sustainable, one, for banks to provide low balance loans, and also for builders to profitably build smaller homes at lower price points. Um, where we've seen a lot of the focus on the building side has certainly been on the luxury market and upper income kind of uh, markets. So finding ways to make it more affordable to lend and to build for those lower price points is gonna be important. And then also helping those who are current homeowners, making sure that they take advantage of refinancing opportunities. So finding ways to streamline that so homeowners take advantage of that. That makes home ownership certainly more sustainable. You know, that being said, it's important to keep in mind no matter how well prepared an individual may be for a home ownership, um, they can run into unexpected issues. So it's important to ensure we have well-functioning forbearance and borrower assistance programs that help keep people in their homes when they run into financial difficulties. And again, I think that the industry has done a much better job, certainly during the COVID crisis in focusing on that versus what we saw in the financial crisis in 2008.
Thank you both so much for joining the conversation today and helping us celebrate National Homeownership Month. Lindsay, can you tell our listeners where they can find more information and resources from USMI? Sure. And I know that there might be prospective borrowers, but also lenders and other stakeholders that listen to this podcast. So I want to share a couple of great resources. First, to learn more about what it means to be mortgage ready if you are a prospective home buyer or just have questions about the home buying process. We've pulled together a number of different great resources and tried to put them all into a very user-friendly place called lowdownpaymentfacts.com. We encourage people to, you know, who might be interested in purchasing a home to get as much information as they can about the options available in the market, including their low down payment options, so that they're you know, best prepared for this purchase. The second resource is for lenders and other stakeholders. As I mentioned, you know, this week USMI is releasing the results of a national survey that was done in April of 2021. And the market has a lot of great data on consumers' home buying statistics and demographics. But this survey digs deeper into consumers' perceptions and understanding of home ownership and the mortgage process. We at USMI and our member companies and, and Radian and, and our member companies are really looking at this survey and using the information and the feedback to ensure we continue as an industry to fully anticipate how to best fill the knowledge gap for borrowers and also just to better understand what challenges and barriers prospective borrowers are facing to home ownership. Excellent, thank you, Lindsay. We will also link to the 2021 National Home Ownership Market Survey you mentioned in the episode details so our listeners can find it there. And Derek, thank you for sharing some actionable solutions to make home ownership more accessible. Thank you for having us, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. Always good to connect with Derek.